Hey guys, welcome to Unleashed. We are so glad you have uh, dialed us in and tuned in, and we just hope you're getting stuff out of these these episodes. You know, week after week, we keep trying to bring you you know things that are going to bring hope and encouragement and truth and and power into your life so that you can uh, live life to the fullest, um, man. And that's exactly where I want to be, Eric. We. Um, today are going to be going in a little different direction. Now, this is this is touch and go on this one, because I don't know about you guys, but like we've got Valentine's Day coming up. Dun dun dun. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe the abominable snowman when he comes out. Dun dun dun, and everybody's going. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's the fear of will I will I hit it out of the park or am I going to drop the ball? You know, I think that's like almost every man's fear. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go down that path a little bit today. We're going to help a brother out maybe a little bit here, but uh, how do you want to start off? You got something there? Well, you're right. Well, okay, so I did want to touch base on something else. I was looking at, I went back to look at some of the shot show stuff, and they did say it was record-breaking year, by the way. Yeah, it was busy. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, if you were in last week, we were talking about the shot show in Vegas that I was working, and it, it was packed. Yeah, it was packed. Yeah, I was trying to, so that, I've never been there, but to give people an idea when I was looking up some of the stats, this thing is 13.9 miles of aisle. Yeah. Um. So you talk about any anybody and everyone that's going to be there. Uh, innovative products used for target shooting, hunting, outdoor recreation, and law enforcement. So We had chairs in our booth, you know, like with people would come in. They don't use them to come in and sit down and look at products. They use them because they're exhausted from walking these aisles. Well, yeah. Because these are, you got buyers. Everybody's coming in to want to, you know, order stuff and look at the newest, latest, greatest, coolest stuff. And they've got backpacks. And some of these guys, I mean, they're just, they're, they're done. They are so exhausted. By the time that they have had a chance to kind of get to the area where we are, they just come in and lay their stuff down. And we're thinking, hey, can I help you? No, I just need to get off my feet. I yeah. get it. I get it. Well, so even, at, you know, Besides walking the 14 miles, uh, yeah, you're standing. So you walk and you stand at a booth and then you stand at a booth. And Yeah. I, One of the guys had his uh, his iPhone or whatever, it an, and it measures his steps. Yeah. And he was a, a guy that was dealing with different clients. He sat down in our booth, and he looked at his watch, and he's like, I've done 23,000 steps already today. And this is on cement floors, you know, and just, I'm like, wow, dude, you've got to be exhausted. That's rough. Ugh. That's for yeah, us. and being away from family and my wife, that's not a whole lot of fun. But it's kind of cool to be there. Yeah, I was kind of, uh, I don't know why this made me think of that, but when I was in the police academy um, out in the parking lot, you would see some of the younger guys that were like my age, they would be out there on their phones in tears. It was, to me, it was kind of hilarious. I wasn't, you know, married or anything. And the older guys, it was like a vacation away from their families almost. Like they were as happy as I've ever been. Yeah, so. and Vegas is, you know, it's kind of spooky because, I mean, I'm sorry to say, and maybe this is good to say because we, we kind of bypass this stuff, but they always say, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, you get a lot of guys that kind of take that to the extreme. They think that's a chance to get away, and whatever their thoughts lead to, it's available. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. And, not I, good. and I saw it. I saw it with some of the guys coming into the booth talking about going to the strip clubs and the bars or hungover, all this stuff, and I'm going, yeah. they said, what did you do last night? I said, you know what I did? I went to dinner with my buddy from the booth. And I went back and I called my wife and I went to bed. Like, yep. That doesn't sound like fun. And I'm like, what you're doing doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun no. because now I got to carry that the rest of my life in my, you know, I, I don't want that. Well, yeah, it. yeah, it's ex ex exhausting. So, yeah, it's not good. Well, 
you know, sounds like it was a success overall, though. So I'm glad that you went and, you know, hopefully these things get larger and larger. Yeah, and it's cool. You know, they're they're just now introducing archery to into the shot show. It's I was at the archery trade show in St. Louis working the whole week before that. And they're now starting to bring in some of the archery into the SHOT Show, which I wonder, maybe four or five years from now, if they don't merge the two together, because you have a lot of guys going to the, the archery trade show that ha- that go back to the SHOT Show, and they're like, man, this is just a lot of travel. Can we combine these? And they did. Now, the room wasn't very big. It was only one room, and there was maybe about seven or eight aisles of archery stuff. But it was kind of disappointing, to be honest with you. But I think it's going to take time, but it'll yeah, get there. It'll get. So how many days is the shot show? I don't know if you told us that or oh, not. Oh, I flew out on a Sunday. We set up on the Monday. We work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, fly home Saturday. So, so it's, it's four days. It's four days. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe to do archery, they just add a fifth day or something. And Yeah, I don't know. They've got some national championship shoots and archery that happened the week following. So it would be nice for everybody if they could kind of move it out there and then they could stay for that shoot. And Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, Valentine's Day. <laughs> so the the question I, I wanted to ask, um, in some of the other classes and stuff I do here, we talk about how can you reward yourself for 5 or $10. So I, I'm going to ask you, what to help out everyone, for less than $20, okay. what, what do you think would deliver on a Valentine's Day? For less than 20 bucks. Yep. Okay. That's actually a really good point because we look at something and go, what would $200 deliver for a good Valentine's Day or more, right? right? 2000 get a not, big ring or whatever. Yeah, not me. I just want to be clear, not me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, and again, it comes back to that, am I good enough? If she is moved by what was going on, and here I think we buy into this thing that it has to be big and expensive, but when you said, what could you get for 20 bucks or less? Well, you're not going to Ruth Chris, for sure. You're probably not even going to Roadhouse for one meal for that price. No. Nope. But here's what, you know, Stacy has been saying to me. She's like, babe, it doesn't have to be a big extravagant thing. I just want to know that you you thought it through, that you planned it. It wasn't a last-minute deal like you're calling for reservations at a restaurant the night before when everything's already packed, and she'll know you called the night before because you can't get in until 8 o'clock for dinner reservations. And by that time, everyone's tired. It just kind of blows the night. But what she had said to me, she goes, you know what? Sometimes it could be something as simple as ordering a pizza and you know, getting on the bedroom floor, laying out a blanket like it's a picnic and just get your guitar out and sing me a song. She says, I just want my heart moved. She calls those rock moments. And I'm always scared to death because I'm like, you know, I think guys, we think I got to do big and grandiose and all this stuff. And she's like, no, it just, it needs to move my heart. I was, I was looking at a, a reel on Facebook and there was a dog running through a field and it was like your dog and it, you know, like all dogs go to heaven. Imagine the dogs went to heaven or whatever, but that yeah. dog was running. It says the first thing you might see when you go to heaven and it shows your pet. Well, it got me a little bit choked up. You know, I love my dog Yeah. and she saw me get choked up and she goes, I want to know, um, what would move my heart? Like with, with you, we were talking about this in the way that you were just moved to see that. And it kind of challenged me because I'm thinking, what can I do? And now you're saying for under 20 bucks. So, just to throw this out there, there is, you can, on Amazon, Valentine's Day gifts under $15. <laughs> and there's a whole list of things. If, you know, so if you went and, if you went and bought some stuff at the store and made it, what if you took a drive, um, went to see some of your old 
you know, stuff that brings back some memories. Mm. Maybe it's organized something um, for her and maybe her other kids to get just everyone to get together. Um, I, I don't know, you know, and these gifts here, some of these, some of these are $10, a four pack of different Burt's Bees. What's Burt's Bees? Oh, it's kind of like, um, I mean, chapsticks and lip balms and stuff. It's kind of like, oh, it's yeah. supposed to be the good stuff. The little things you can get like it. What's it called? Bed, bath and beyond. I think that's the name of it. I they have so. these little like bins where you can get stuff like that. Well, so there you go. Bed, bath and beyond too. Yeah, I'm man. sure they have stuff in there. That's like oh yeah. $10. And, and my wife loves to go there. And sometimes, you know what? The greatest gift is not what I buy her. Cause she's going to buy something anyhow. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just, and that's, that's not saying bad, but just to go with her. And don't make it look like you're looking over her shoulder and say, well, how much is that going to cost? Because now it yeah. feels like that's what's more important than her. Right. Those are some good things. You know, I, I'm, I'm here we are. We're getting close. And, uh, you know, I've got some ideas. Um, I, I'm not going to say it because Stacey will listen to this podcast. We're less than two weeks away, right? I know it. So what is today? The today's the, f- well, as we're recording this, it's the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're just a, a few days ahead here. But it's coming up quick. Yeah. So, well, some of the stuff I wanted to talk about as we're going through this, and we can keep going back and forth here, is, uh, you know, she's my sweetheart. And this last week, after I got back um, from working these other shows, Stacy and I went to Harrisburg and we spoke for a sweetheart's banquet. And this is pretty interesting. So, it, we're going to be in dead center in Amish country, most one of the most beautiful places in in the nation. When you come to these big rolling green hills and fields and all this stuff, gorgeous. You know, you've got the horse and buggies, and it's just, it takes you back. It's very nostalgic. And so we we stayed at this really nice hotel. They put us in the middle of all this stuff, and we went and did the lunches with the little finger sandwiches kind of a thing and took her through some of these, you know, um, furniture stores, which she loves to do. She loves decorating. And so it was just letting her do her thing and just honestly watching her. It helps me get to know her better, to be honest with you, to know what to get her. So... When we land, one of the things that was mentioned to me from someone who was going to be at the event, they said, now, so what are you going to be talking about tonight? I said, well, we're going to tell our story. You know, I said, you know, how God can take the ashes of our life, you know, both of us having been divorced, which is something neither one of us ever wanted, but it happened. And you can't reverse course. You, you're, this is what's on your plate. So what are you going to do with it now? And I, well, as I started saying, we're going to start with that part of our story. She goes, are you sure you want to talk about that? Because 50% of this crowd is coming from the holiness movement. And with that, what I'm talking about is, you know, a very, um, I'm just being tender because I'm not sure who all is going to be listening to this. But again, it is much more, um, for lack of a better term, performance-driven, works-based. And those things are important. But what's more important than those is understanding that nothing that I can ever do or say gets me to heaven. It's what Jesus did for me. It's my, my belief in giving in my life. But she says, are you sure you want to bring that up? Because it might kind of, you know, throw a uh, something in. in they, they're not going to be able to listen well once they hear that. And so my phone rings as we're, we're in the rental car. And it's this guy we had. Well, it was Vern, who we had on the show back around Christmas time. Oh, and, yeah. And he's the one that got a hold of me with, uh, if you remember the story about um, you need a safety net. And he talked about you need to have someone that could write a check if anything needed to happen. And yeah. he, he's the one that was that story. Well, he, and again, he knew when to call. I didn't call him. He called me for that story, if you can remember. Well, he calls as we're on the way to the hotel to get ready for the event. 
And I'm telling him, hey, they mentioned, you know, you might not want to mention that, that D word thing. And he says, why? He says, that's why there's grace. He says, you do understand why they killed Jesus, right? Because they didn't know what to do with his grace. I mean, it went against everything from that culture. And he spent the next 45 minutes as we're driving all the way to this hotel talking to me about, no, you don't, you don't walk in shame. No, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You walk in the power of a transformed life. And not just transformed. One of the things that Vern has always said to me is, because everybody always talks about, you know, when you get saved, you're transformed. No. That's like a, a transformation is something that happens over time. The moment you received Christ, the old you is gone. You were transfigured. You now are identified because Christ is in you. You were a whole new uh, person because of Christ. And I needed to hear this. I mean, it was like perfect timing. So we get to this event, you know, we walk in and you see all the different people coming in and, and very, very, very conservative. And I never in that moment looked back after that conversation. We get up there, we tell our story, go through the evening, and it was beautiful. And at the end, we go out to the table where I've got books and stuff, and we're standing out there, and this little Amish lady who was about almost 80 years old, tiny, probably four foot ten, comes walking out with the sweetest smile on her face, and she walks up to Stacy, because Stacy talked about her story, you know, how she was abandoned when she was little, not having a dad, and then we go through the whole thing with the, the divorce and how God ended up bringing us together, and, and she said, oh, I just loved hearing your story. Wow. Thank, thank you for your transparency and honesty. We are so afraid to share those dark chapters of our life. And the problem is when we do that, those dark chapters stay dark. They stay ashes. And what God does through those things to create beauty, if we don't share our story, God doesn't get the glory. Right. Yeah. So that night, you know, we, we kind of went through some things. And, and, I, and I was thinking about this, and, and Eric, you can chime in, but I wanted to go down through. There's a couple of things that night we tricked, we talked about. And, it, and if you've ever been through, you know, whether you've been, been through a divorce, which is probably 60% of this audience, I mean, that includes pastors as well. Um, you know, it's a sad statistic, but it's true. But you're going to have triggers. I mean, there's going to be things in your relationship, whether this is, you know, you've ever been married before or you just got married or you're dating. There's going to be triggers because no two people are the same. We come from different backgrounds, um, even sometimes, you know, different denominational backgrounds, whatever. And so we see things through the lens of what we have known growing up. But there are some things biblically that are going to remain the same no matter what your story was that I kind of wanted to, to, to run into here. Um, you know, it's real easy to go to self-protection when you're in a relationship because you don't see eye to eye. And so when we had gotten together, you know, um, I remember the very first Valentine's Day that, that she and I had together, we had just visited um, in, in Pennsylvania, you know, just to kind of introduce, you know, Stacy. And my nephew took me aside and he said, man, he said, I am so happy for you guys. He said, but I just want to say there's three words that I want you to remember in your relationship. And I said, what's that? He said, pursue pursue, and pursue. You know, and that's one of the most important things that I've, I've, I've ever heard and remembered because pursuit isn't something that it's, you make a real quick reservation and you go and do some. Pursuing is 
It really is. It's thinking it through. It's taking the time. And there's a principle that I, I wanted to, to kind of pass on here with Valentine's Day, too, that, to be real careful because if we are thinking that we have to get her approval for what our Valentine's was, we're going to be so focused on the gift and not on her. And there's a principle. Um, it's called love more and need less. Um, you know, Jesus was love more and need nothing. I mean, he was the son of God, but yet he was still fully human and fully man. But if we can love our spouse more and need less from her because we're getting our good enough from God, from Christ being in us, we are now capable of loving her more, which is the entire point. And some of you might remember that movie, Jerry Maguire with, uh, was it Tom Cruise? And who was the, the girl in that? You know, I Renee Zellweger. That was it. Okay. I, I don't know. And so, you know, at the whole, you had me at hello, blah, blah, blah. But the one thing was, um, what was it they said? He's like, uh, you complete me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, gag me, right? Lame. He goes, <laughs> but all the women, you can't say that because they'd be really mad. And when he goes, you complete me, I just, <laughs> I want yeah. Because here's the thing. Your spouse can never, ever, ever, ever complete you. And if you're putting that kind of pressure on them, you're not needing less, you're needing more. And you're not loving more, you're taking more from her. So remember, your spouse doesn't complete you. And once you can get that straightened out, what we're going to talk about here in a second, it's going to make a lot more sense and it's going to meet those needs that she's got going on. Because, you know, if my worth and value, and I've said this before, has anything to do with what, you know, she thinks of you or what you think of me, I'm going to try to manipulate her to get my needs met. And that is the opposite um, of love. Oh, how many of you guys out there remember there was a book? Eric, did you ever see that book called Love and Respect? No. Oh, it was a huge seller. Still is. It the the subtitle on the front was um The Love She So Desires and the Respect He So Desperately Needs. At first, when I read that, it made me want to gag like the Jerry Maguire you had me yeah, loving. As you're telling them, like, ugh. But when I finally took the time and devoured it. You think about like the big five when I was going through those when we first started this podcast. Yeah. What was the, the number two? So the number one, and we talked about the, the man killers, if you remember those podcasts, number one was lack of purpose. But number two was lack of respect. Right. That's something that men, we, we, we hate to say it, but, and it shouldn't be a need, but it becomes a need that I have to have her respect to feel like I'm good enough. And she wants to know that she's loved, tenderly, cared for pursued, right? Like we just talked about. So I, I'm going to go down through just a little list, uh, from the other night when we were speaking, we were kind of talking to, to these guys. And so if there's anything you can be giving your wife, and I love this is less than 20 bucks, this is free. It's going to cost you something because it's going to cause you to probably have to die to yourself and walk in humility, but that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But some of the things, you know, through all these years, um, the pain, the beauty, everything we've learned, is one of the most important things is to forgive each other. You know, that doesn't, it's not going to cost you monetarily anything. You know, don't hold grudges. Don't withhold from each other because that only builds deeper resentment. You know, we, we lash out and struggle with forgiveness because we're hurt. And if, and if the hurt moves to hurting the other person back, what that is, it's a cry for understanding. We, we lash out because we're hurt and we want to be heard, to be cared for, you know, no matter what. So another thing is don't bring up difficult issues after you've gone to bed. Oh, you know what that's like. Yeah, yeah there's nothing worse than that. Oh, 
you know, it's midnight and you're trying to go to sleep and there's something between you because you didn't talk about it earlier. Right. And then here you are in the bed and, and then you start to talk about it and you're like, are we really going here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to stay humble in those moments because in that moment, I, I want to say whatever she wants to hear just so we can go to sleep. And that's not okay. Right. Right. So do not bring up difficult issues after you go to bed, talk them out before, you know, way before that. Um, you know, so because everything is, is more difficult at night. It really is. And it's going to ruin your sleep and all the sleep you get. It's just a terrible cycle. Uh, sacrifice, you know, that's, you know, laying down your own wants and needs, um, you know, for the other person, it creates trust. Because they, they know at that point when you sacrifice for them that you have their best at heart and it's no longer all about you. Um, something that Stacy is great with, you know, she, I, we call it, you know, she loves hard. She listens well and she moves in, 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 a, in an incredibly um, powerful way. She, how do I say, she loves hard. I told the story on here when she heard how my heart had been broken in music years ago and I walked away from it. She wanted me to get my heart back. So what does she go and do? She loves hard. She goes and buys me a piano. I'm like, who does that? You still have that piano? I do. As a matter of fact, I wrote a song for her called I'm So In Love With You and that banquet we spoke for the other night, because I don't sing much anymore. I did it on stage that night for the first time. And it ended up being really powerful, but it was powerful because I told the story of the piano and then I played the song that I wrote for her. Guys, if you, I mean, you want to, you want to, you know, move your wife, sing her a song. It doesn't matter whether you can carry a tune in a bucket. It's that effort. It's that you thought something through um, and did that for her. Um, or, I mean, anything, I think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in the category as homemade. So, yeah, if you've got access to woodworking stuff, make something, if it's drawing something, if it's singing something, if it's whatever, make a mixtape. Yeah, of your favorite songs. Oh, Boom. <laughs> Yep. What a great idea. And that's time consuming, but you know. But what do you do now when you make a mixtape and you don't have a CD player in your car? Yeah, well, I, so I still make these from time to time. <clears throat> you just mix it up and put it on a thumb drive. Oh, and that, well, she could probably even download some stuff too, and then she can take it, whether you be on a flash drive and put it in a work or whatever, you could absolutely do something like that. You can upload it up to your, up to the cloud too and send it just as a link. It doesn't have to be. Well, you can tell what generation I'm not. You're, you're like, you just send it up to the cloud. I'm like, oh, yeah, that I, I kind of know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I know what it is. I'm just getting old. I'm always having Eric. I'll be, here's what's funny is, you know, when we're not in the studio, I'm like, I'm trying to learn. He, I got a new, uh, was it a MacBook or whatever? And he's an Apple guy and I'm a PC guy. And I'm always, Eric, help. How do I do this? He's like, just YouTube it. But he doesn't do that. He he helps me. He goes try this, try this. But if you don't, if you can't get it, you know, go to YouTube. Yeah, it kind of depends on what I've got going on. If I've got time, yeah, to, right, you know, I'll just call you or whatever. But and yeah, I'll confess it here. I feel bad when I do that, and I think it's because I don't know. I I maybe I'm just I get used to someone to say, "How do I do this?" Rather than taking the next ten minutes to try to research it, can you tell me in one sentence? And I gotta get better with that. But so oh, here we go. Always believe the best in each other. You know, for some reason, we always were like, you know, looking at the person like, yeah, I'm not sure if that was the best motive you had in that. You know, were you trying to manipulate me? Always believe the best in each other until they give you a reason really not to trust. Believe the best in each other. Um, And remember, the past is the past. Don't bring up past history. That's an example right there of manipulation. You know, if God doesn't bring up our past and hold it over our heads, 
why would that be okay for us to do? Think about that. You keep bringing up past stuff. I mean, it it's it's it shows that your love is conditional. Well, and ask yourself this: What is your intentions? What did you want her to right. feel, think, or say, or do with you saying something like that? And sometimes just unpacking it that way. So you bring up something. Okay, well, without are you wanting someone to feel shame? Yes. Whatever that is. And that's um, a control thing. Right. So yeah, there's actions and beliefs and intentions. And another thing, and let's say there is something from your past, right? I mean, there's something that, that bothers you. I think it's really important. First of all, that forgiveness that we talked about very first in this thing, that doesn't start with you going to that person being able to forgive. Cause you can't do that on your own. It's not a vertical thing. It's horizontal. It's you to God and getting, from him what you need to be able to then vertically give to forgive that other person and remind each other who you really are, that those things in your past or whatever don't identify you. As a matter of fact, according to what God says, he's cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. So why do we need to keep doing that? So when we can remind each other of who we really are, that shared unity in Christ it creates an unbreakable bond. It, you become best friends because now you really do have each other's best at heart. And something Stacy's always with me, she's like, now when she's wanting to tell me something, she's like, don't try to fix me. You know, I, I can be guilty of like giving scriptural prescriptions sometimes. Well, you know, renew your mind. Let's try this. You know, and sometimes that's, but time, like she'll say too, timing is everything. But don't try to fix, just listen. And don't get defensive. If she says something that feels like it's pointed at you, there might be some truth to it because that's why you're feeling defensive. Um, words, words matter. You know, give them regularly. Um, boy, you look beautiful today. Oh, that smell. I love the way you smell. Um, I, I, anything. I, when I wrote that song, So In Love With You, I think it starts off with, um, or the second verse. I love the way we fall asleep at night with my arms holding you tight. You give me all the words. You know, it just, I'm giving her words back to what she means to me, what I see in her. And those matter. You know, something that, uh, I don't know if you do this, Eric, but in, in our house, um, we'll leave little notes because sometimes we can be like ships passing in the night. You know, it can be a paper towel and a marker. She'll leave my coffee mug out and little, you know, praying for you today, have a good podcast or whatever. And, we do those kind of back and forth with stuff, those little notes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's those little things, those, those matter. They, they really do matter. Those little things, we, we notice it because it took time and it took thought. And so, and I mentioned about listening well. So when you're listening well, you know, don't listen to fix, but truly hear and understand. You're listening to understand what's happening with her, not for her to understand how you're feeling. Um, you know, here's one that, you know, you don't hear this a lot talked about because it's, you know what, it's in the Song of Solomon. I mean, you got so many great love things, but touch often. You know, even if that isn't your love language, it's bonding and it's healing. God created it within a marriage. And that, and let me say this, the bedroom in your house for your relationship is probably the most important room that you have because that is a sacred place. The marriage bed is a very sacred place. You know, when the two become one flesh in every way, spiritually, emotionally, physically, when you take that time for each other, and again, I don't know, you know, do you know what your, your love languages are, um, Eric? Do you know where they would fall? 
My, my number one is physical touch. Yeah. And a lot of guys are. Yeah, I think so. It's probably. I'm sorry, I'm not ignoring you, too. I was looking on Cameo to see if there's any cameos that someone could get for under 20. <laughs> I found one, Santa Claus, and a rapper called Kanye East. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of West. Uh, yeah. Brett Favre's on here, but it's $275. So. Wow. Eh, anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, so yeah, touch often. I mean, it's so important. Um, you know, and here's the thing. Your your spouse's love language, you know, she and I both have taken the love languages test. We've listened to the book together and, you know, just all that stuff. So it's important because even when you're doing that with your wife, there's a great idea. You can go on and get a, an, an audible book on marriage, like like um, the five love languages. Yeah. And say, I want to spend time with you over the next however many weeks on, you name it, Saturday morning between... Nine and ten is we're having our coffee and making breakfast together. I want to sit and listen because I want to get to know you, and I want you to know me too. Mm-hmm. That'll mean a lot to her. Um, so there you go, helping out her brother. Um, date each other. And this is something that, that we we love to do. Um, you know, going to concerts, dinner dates, you know, shopping, vacations, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just that it's it's quality time, which would be one of the gifts. That's something that we really love. and And give thoughtful gifts. You know, don't just look in books or on the internet like we just did, you yeah. know, for the top 10 things to do for your spouse. But honestly, the more creative and individualized your gift, the more it's going to mean, the more personal. Um, allow each other uh, your own hobbies. Uh, my wife's would be like decorating. She says that our house is her book. That's what she loves. And so I'll take her shopping so she can be looking to what to do for her book, the house. Oh my gosh, she'd have a blast in here. Oh, yeah. The pirate flag and the American flag and all this. Yeah. Well, if you come into our house, I mean, it's like you won't even find a speck of dust. I mean, she's she's amazing. But, and she knows mine is hunting. So when it comes time for this. Hunting or something to do with archery or something. Yep. I mean, or or exercising. I love exercising. She allows me that time. She knows that every single day, discipline is, that's where my discipline kicks in for me is, is the exercising part. We talked about, you know, the, the Love Languages um, book. Um, and here's the thing. When you're listening to that book, oh, man, be careful. Be careful to not spitefully point out what the other person isn't doing well as you guys listen to this. And think about intentions again. Yep. Because it's going to cause defensiveness and it's mm-hmm. going to cause retaliation. Oh, really? That's what you think? Well, let me tell you what really bothers me that you do. Yeah. Well, now you might as well just toss the book out of me. It's You're done. Um. Using these books for evil, using any of this stuff for evil is kind of, you know. It's to get what I want. I'm going to manipulate you by bringing that up and tell you what you don't do well so you'll try harder. And I think sometimes look at it, uh, what what is your intentions with with whatever it is, the book or a video or a series, and if the intentions are to grow the relationship stronger, um, then – it's not manipulation. It, well, it's maybe manipulation for good. It's uh, who's benefiting out of this, I guess. Yep. Is it you solely? Then it's probably not right. Well, it's, what's that thing about you? Like you get your spouse a drill for Christmas, your wife? Yeah. And she's like, what am I going to do with this? Well, it was really for me. Sure. It's the same thing with a book. I got this for you to listen to so you can love me better because you're not doing it right. Yeah. It's like what you were just saying. Yeah. Well, you know, let me just get a couple more things and we'll kind of wrap this up. And ho- hopefully some of this stuff is really going to... Um, strike a chord with you, not to manipulate, but to grow. Um, and one of the most important things is praying together. Um, 
you know, the enemy's going to keep hitting you guys. He is. He's going to bring stuff up. He just, that's what he does. And praying together, being honest with each other, commute or commute, communicate honestly and openly. When you can get to the point when you understand your identity is in Christ, not in your sin or performance or whatever it is, and you can be open and honest with each other and being on each other's team and being each other's best friend. At this event the other night, right as we're getting ready to walk up on stage, knowing I'm going to tell the story about you know, the pain of divorce and all this, we both went to the to the restrooms and when she came out and I went over and I grabbed her by the hands, interlocked fingers, and I pulled her into me and I looked at her eyes and I said, remember who you are. And you are my, not only my lover, you are my best friend. And I've got your back no matter what. So let's have each other's backs. And how beautiful is that? But your wife is, you know, your wife is the greatest gift. Um, and if you're women, listen, you know, with your husband, but the greatest gift you've been given, your spouse. So love them well. You know, pursue, pursue, pursue. So let's wrap up, you know, today's um you know, kind of a Valentine episode with one of my favorite verses out of Ephesians chapter 5. And, I, and again, I love using the message paraphrase sometimes because it's so beautifully written. But Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this, Watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. So keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. So from us here at Unleashed, we just want to say uh, happy Valentine's Day. Love more and need less. Give words of life. Get on your knees together before the Father. Get back on your feet and embrace each other and walk into this amazing life that he's given to you. Pursue, pursue, pursue. We'll see you next time.